thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Inspired Optimist with your host, Dr. Jacinta DiPrinzio, inspiring you to create a life that is healthy, bright, and full of light. Hi, guys, and welcome to today's episode of The Inspired Optimist podcast. I'm your host, Jacinta DiPrinzio. Tune in as I discuss the topic emotional fatigue, what it is, how does it affect your well-being, and most importantly, what can you do about it? So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recording of the Inspired Optimist podcast. I'm your host, Jacinta, and I'm really looking forward to having a chat to you today because what we're going to talk about is something pretty close to my heart. It's called something called emotional fatigue. Now, a few weeks back, or maybe a few months now, I did an event with Dr. Anthony Golay called Good Vibrations. And we spoke extensively about how your lifestyle could be affecting your vigor and your energy. And one thing that I talk, spoke about in particular and in some detail was the concept of emotional fatigue. And that was essentially how your thoughts can impact your energy levels on not only a mental level, but a physiological level as well. And I had lots of people come up to me after that night and talk about that um, they wish that their spouse were there or they wish that their you know children were there so that they could hear that information because it was something that they thought you know that loved one would really really need to hear and so I thought what I might do is actually record um, a whole podcast especially and in particular on emotional fatigue and so that you can get all of that good information as well so the reason why it is quite close to my heart is because my mum was a very, very hardworking woman and um, she experienced this throughout her whole life, this concept of emotional fatigue. Now, she is a bit of a superhero, my mother. She's incredible. And when I was younger, my sister and I obviously grew growing up in Mandra, um, an hour south of Perth, my parents owned a real estate business and were very, very successful, very busy people. And... Any time that we had a school carnival, for example, um, I never remember my mum being there at the start of the race, but I always remember her being there at the end. Distinctly remember her being in high heels at the end in her work clothes still. So literally running straight from work and getting there just as I'm finishing the finishing line. And one day I decided for some, who knows why, because I was terrible at sport when I was in in primary school, I decided to enter an Iron Woman competition and, you know, did a swim, um, did a kayak and then was finishing off the run and was coming dead last by mile and ended up falling over about 200 meters before the finish line. And I see my mum running through the sand in her high heels to come get me. She picked me up and she practically dragged me across that finish line. And I suppose the reason I'm telling you this is because she was always very much in a rush, but she was very much there for my sister and I throughout um, when we were growing up. When I was in probably about year nine, my mum decided that she, well, she, there was an opportunity where she could actually retire from work. And she obviously was really stoked about that because it meant that she would be able to do those things that maybe she felt like she was missing out on. 
So again, one day I said, look, mom, I've got the school carnival tomorrow. Um, just wanted to let you know. And she said, great, Jacinta, what time should I be there? And I looked at her and I said, oh, mom, no one goes to school carnivals anymore. Like that's embarrassing to have your parents there. And I remember the look in her eye where it was almost a look of loss, like she had missed out on that part of our lives. And I have spoken to her about that afterwards. And she said that in that moment, she realized that she had missed my childhood. And she was so busy working all the time, thinking about, you know, tomorrow I can do that. Tomorrow I can do that. You know, next year will be easier you know, next time I'll have the time to actually get involved in my children's life. And, you know, that next time never came for her because life is always busy and there's always things to do. And she realized in that moment that she actually chose work in her mind over us kids. And the thing is, is we never felt like that. But for her, she really felt like she missed out on that. And I think that that can resonate with so many people, maybe not, you know, yes, with with children, but also missing out on your life every day. So not showing up as the best version of yourself, counting down the hours until it's time to go home from work, thinking about the weekend. And then we're in this constant state of thinking about the future and never actually living in the present time. And what that can do is when we're always thinking in the future in our minds, uh, that can cause quite a lot of energy to be expended because we're always thinking about our to-do list and, and what we need to do in moving forward in the future. So I hope that makes sense for everyone. Um, but that is, yeah, why it's a really, really close matter to my heart. But what I would love for you to do right now is I'm going to, during this podcast, talk a little bit about how emotional fatigue can physically affect your body, but also what you can do about it. But before I get into that, what I think is really, really important is to take a moment for you guys to really think about why it is important for you to show up for your own life. Why have you actually taken the time to turn on this podcast and have a listen to me when you could be listening to anything else? Why is it important and why does it matter? So does it matter because you want to show up for your life? Does it matter because you feel like every morning you're waking up and you're hitting that snooze alarm and you don't have any motivation to get out of bed and you're thinking to yourself, well, what, how, how is this meant? You know, why should I be living like this? This is not a way to live getting up and just wanting to snooze my alarm every day. Or is it that you're training for something in particular and you're feeling like, you know, your health is getting in the way of that because you have no energy and your the thoughts running in your head are just consistently on, on replay and it's driving you absolutely insane. And I know that you can all, maybe some of you relate to that. So take a little moment to think about that. Now, what I want to do is talk about, so we're talking about obviously emotional fatigue. And obviously that word fatigue means lacking of energy. It's really important to understand before we move on where energy actually comes from. And it actually obviously comes from the foods that we eat. So the foods that we're putting into our body. Now, every time we put something in our mouths, we choose to either 
increase our body's vitality or take away from our body's vitality. And through our whole digestive tract and through our body system, energy can be lost in a multitude of ways. So say, for example, you have an apple, a red, juicy, delicious apple, and you decide to eat that apple down and that apple goes into your digestive tract and it gets absorbed into the bloodstream. And then once it's absorbed into the bloodstream, physical, chemical, and emotional stresses will use up that energy as needed. And then dependent on whether or not those physical, chemical, or emotional stresses are too high or too low, we'll either feel like we have no energy or we'll feel vibrant. Now, of course, something that I have missed out there is the role of the nervous system and what role that plays in this whole energy cycle, which is that obviously your brain and your nervous system is what triggers your body to seek food. It is what talks to the digestive tract to digest that food. And it's also what dictates these physical, emotional, and chemical stresses and the way that they work. So if your nervous system is not functioning properly, Obviously, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a little bit biased, but if that's not functioning properly, then you can't get the most out of your body. But also, if your, in particular, emotional fatigue is too high, then it doesn't matter how much good nutrition you're getting into your body, it doesn't matter how much you're digesting that good nutrition, if your emotional stresses are too high, then you're going to be eating up all that good nutrition because stress hormones are incredibly greedy. And you're going to be eating up all that good nutrition, all that intelligence and all that energy that should be allowing your body to be vital and instead feeling really flat. So it's really important to think about what we think about as well, because a study from the National Science Foundation has shown that the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those, 80% are actually negative. Now, why is this important? Well, if you think about it, thoughts actually create things. So any exactly where you are now started with a thought. So that's, that's quite heavy. If you think about exactly where you are, all the choices that you made started with a thought. And here's the reason why. If you think something, whatever you think about causes a emotion or a feeling. And that emotion or feeling will often dictate the actions that we have. And the sum of the actions that we have will then determine what we create in our lives. And over time, that determines where we're at at any stage of our life. So the problem with that study that the National Science Foundation did is that finding that 80% of thought patterns in people are actually negative, well, that's a really, really scary thing when you're thinking about that our lives are starting with a thought and if 80% of our thoughts are negative, then what do you think compounded over five and 10 years time that's going to look like for you? Pretty, pretty scary. Another reason why our thoughts are so important is because what we think about, our brain can't actually determine whether or not that is truly happening or if we just made it up in our own heads. So for example, if we talk about the stress cycle, so 
Say, for example, you're walking, you're in your car and you're driving in down a busy road and there's a lot of traffic, right? So you're driving along, driving along, a lot of traffic, you're getting a bit agitated and then you're passing a car along the, on the right hand side and you sped up to do that to get past this car because you were getting annoyed. And then you see behind you some red and blue flashing lights. Now, what do you think is happening to your body at that time? Physically, what happens to your body? You might start to sweat. You, your heart rate will increase. You might even feel tension in your body physically, up through the shoulders in particular. And then that car, that police car, which if anyone doesn't know where the red and blue flashing lights are, the police car drives past and it isn't even for you. But you're left feeling really, really wired from that whole experience. Now, that happened because of a thought that you made up in our own head. Something you made up in your own head had a physiological effect on the way that your body works. Now, what actually would have happened at that point where we have a stress response to a thought pattern is exactly the same as if we were running away from a tiger or a predator of some sort. So what happens in that instance is blood diverts away from the digestive tract and diverts away from the reproductive organs, and it's going to go to the muscles that are going to help us survive. For example, our heart to pump blood faster around our body. It's going to go to the big muscles like our quads and our glutes and even up through our chest so that we can run or fight and be really strong. You always hear about these mothers that you know lift cars off their children and have this superhuman power. It's because that system has been activated. And then that blood diverts also to the eyes so that we can see far and wide. Now, that's a really, really, really important thing to have happen when you're running away from a predator. But the problem is, is that when 80% of our thought patterns are negative, we are activating that stress cycle continuously all the time in the form of deadlines, poor relationships, you know, traffic, um, to-do lists, stress in our lives emotionally, being incredibly busy, busy, busy. And then we're wondering why there's this massive epidemic of gut and digestive issues But really, when you think about it, when all of our blood is diverting away from that area because it's not important to digest food and it's not important to have a baby at that time, you can understand how this becomes a bit of an epidemic. And do you think that with all of this energy being expended to our fight and flight nervous system, that's going to make you very, very tired at the end of the day? So I'm sure some of you can relate that you know, you can be sitting at a desk all day and doing <clears throat> doing computer work and feel absolutely exhausted at the end of the day, but you haven't actually physically expended any energy in term in the form of like running or anything like that. And that is because you're activating that system, that fight or flight pathway with the self-talk and feeling very, very stressed in the head about everything that you have to do that day. This episode of the Inspired Optimist podcast will continue very soon. 
If you're enjoying this episode and think that one of your loved ones would benefit from this information, make sure you share it with them. And of course, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. It is now time for the rest of the show. Listen up while I share my top five ways on how to combat emotional fatigue. Now, another thing which is a very, very serious issue is also anxiety and depression. Now, there's when we're talking about anxiety and depression, a lot of this can has come from this fight or flight activation pathway, this negative thought pattern on a physical level. Because if you think about the stress in your life, when you're really, really stressed, you're activating that fight or flight system. You think your brain thinks that there is a predator. So if your brain thinks that there's a predator all the time, do you think that you might be a little bit anxious because of that? And now your brain's really clever and we know that when there is this high state of anxiety and fight or flight, this eventually is something that will kill us and is detrimental. It saves us in the short term, but it kills us in the long run. So everyone knows that saying stress kills. So our body is really, really clever and what it's going to do is it's going to try and dampen down all of that fear and stress response and anxiety and it's going to numb you out of emotion. But the problem is it's not selective. So that's going to numb you out of joy and love as well. And so this is why people with depression often when there's times of stress, that depression is fired up and made much, much worse. So there is a saying called neurons that fire together, wire together. And what this means is that the more you do something, the easier it is for your brain to access access that pathway. So for example, Say for say you're in a, a a field, all right? Actually, no, we use this example. So my partner, Alistair and I, we went on a hike. Um, well, it was probably six months ago now. Went on a hike and we sort of got, we, we got lost on the pathway a little bit and we ended up being in a whole bunch of shrubbery. And we could see the path in front of us, but we needed to cross all this dense vegetation So I said to Alistair, okay, can you be the bulldozer? You go in first and I'll follow you. So he was there. He was breaking all these branches, pushing past everything. And I was behind him and my job was still pretty hard, but it wasn't as hard as his because he had done all the groundwork breaking the branches. And, but I was still having to, you know, push things aside and crush things with my feet to get across. And we got all scratched up and horrible. If there was someone behind us, they probably would have seen that we were forging a little bit of a pathway through there. So instead of creating their own pathway and having to do all that groundwork, it's going to make more sense that they're going to use that pathway that is a little bit indented. So they would follow, for example. And then maybe someone behind them would say, oh, look, well, they're using that pathway, so we'll follow them as well. And then eventually time and time and time again, that actually forms a solid pathway and route to your destination. 
Now, our brains think the same way. Our brains work the same way. So anytime, you know, for example, if you had learned to play tennis when you were younger, when you first started, you couldn't figure out where to put the racket in um, relation to the tennis ball and you would always miss it. But then after a while, you got a little bit easier. And then with practice, time and time again, it's almost like you can sense where the ball is going to be. And these people that are these champions, it's like second nature to them. They don't even have to think about it. And that is because that neural pathway is so, so, so strong and ingrained that it's really easy for our brains to go there. Now, why does this matter? Well, when we're thinking about our emotions and the way that we think, this is actually a learnt behavior. So here's the problem is that, again, 80% for these people that think 80% of the time that are negative, negative thought patterns, 80% of the time, we are creating this very, very strong pattern and pathway for our brains to access. So instead of automatically going to the positive, you're going to have people that are going to go to the negative. It's second nature. So we all know these people that are pessimists and they're they're far from optimistic and they're always thinking about the worst case scenario. In a way, this is alert behavior. So it's really, really, really hard for these people to get out of that state, all right? But it is definitely possible. And that is what I want to go over now is a few tips of how to actually get out of that emotional state, how to try and even rewire that neural pathway so that we can actually have some peace in our minds and not be in this cycle of negative thinking, which is causing us to lack energy. It's causing us to, you know, not be the best versions of ourselves. So I've called them Dr. J's top five. And I wanted to start with the first one of just being awareness. So awareness of your stinking thinking. Now, this resonates for me quite a lot because, excuse me, this resonates for me quite a lot because I know that any time that I am feeling a little bit depressed, it's often because I'm thinking about something that has happened in the past. And often when I'm feeling a little bit anxious, it's because I'm thinking too much in the future. Now, it's really important to have that awareness of any time you feel these emotions or this turmoil, what are you actually thinking about? So what I would love to do now is do a little exercise uh, with your listeners. And um, I don't know if you're driving or what you're doing, but if you uh, have the ability to just take five minutes out right now, that would be great. If you could close your eyes, I would love you to do that now. And I want you to close your eyes and quiet your mind. And I want you to pay attention to the little voice in your head. Now, what is that little voice saying? Can you even keep it quiet? Now, what this little voice might be saying is, I've got too much to do today to be doing this crap. I can't take 
this five minutes out of my day to actually be still because I have too much to do. And then another voice will say, come on, just, just do it. Just relax. Can't you just focus? And then that other voice will come in and say, well, I can't focus because I've got this big to-do list. And if I take this five minutes, I'm not going to get all this done. And then it goes around and around and around and around. And we continue to chitter, chitter, chatter in our mind. Now, what I want you to do is imagine that that voice inside your head is actually a really great friend of yours. And I want you to actually morph this voice into a person. And I want you to sit this person right next to you or have them stand right next to you. And I want you to see them saying the things that you say to yourself every day. I want you to see them saying them to you. And what I want you to do to this friend is because you love them very much, but they're damn annoying. I want you to pack them a bag, buy them a one-way ticket to Europe or Antarctica, wherever you want to send them, and send them on that one-way ticket. And send them love, send them joy, but send them away. Now, the problem with these friends is that they are boomerangs and they do tend to come back. So what you're going to have to do is continuously pack their bag and send them away. And it's just about having that awareness in your mind that this self-sabotage, self-talk, that we can actually choose to put that outside of ourselves and send that away because this isn't actually who you really are, this self-talk, all right? The second one, um, the second top five is to actually um, have some a, a, an attitude of gratitude, all right? So what I mean by that is sometimes we can get really, really caught up in our own selves and our own emotions. And, you know, like anyone, sometimes when you have to get up, you got to do what you got to do. You got to go to work. You don't want to be there. Or you're thinking about the day. You're thinking, you're thinking about, you know, all the things you have to do. And of course, I'm the same. Sometimes, you know, I wake up and I'm not feeling too well or whatever. And, you know, like anyone, you're thinking, oh, work, I got to go to work today. But if you have an attitude of gratitude, and I know that it sounds a little bit um, wishy-washy, but if you come from a place of service and gratefulness, that really would change the way that you view things. So for example, every time I go to work, if I'm, not, if I'm in my head a lot, I will start thinking about every single patient that I have. And I'll start thinking about how can I make that person's day a little bit better? You know, what might that person need? How am I going to make that person feel special? And then instead of thinking about all the tasks I have to do when I get there, I'm actually excited because I'm excited to make that person's day. Now, some of you may not have that opportunity in your work life or in your day-to-day to do that, but what we can all do is do something helpful for someone else, whether or not that be a partner, whether or not that be a friend or a stranger on the street. We can all do these things. And I would love you to just test that out today. Do something, buy a coffee for someone in the line behind you and don't even tell them that you've done it. And I want you to feel how that, how that feels to you. That's going to help you get out of your own head and get out of your own stinking thinking and come from a place that's um, much more serving and much more grateful. Another that's so number number three now 
is you have to take breaks that are scheduled. So at the start of the year, I will always, um, well, not always, but most of the time, book my holidays in advance. So as soon as January comes around, I already know when my breaks are throughout the year. And even if I don't know where I'm going, scheduling them into the calendar is really, really important, even if it's just a weekend away. Because if we're not taking time for ourselves, then there's no way we can recharge the batteries. And in terms of not just holidays, but also having scheduled breaks throughout the day. So not just going from eight to five with work, 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 taking every two hours, taking five minutes to make yourself a cup of tea and actually just sit down and not do anything or have a stretch or go for a little walk at your lunch break, something like that. Number five, uh, sorry, I'm getting lost here. Number four of my top five is to make sure that you are doing some things to also train that neural pathway. So a great one is to do some meditation. So doing meditation actually um, will help you help that neural pathway get rewired. And other things can be if you're t- look, looking for practitioners, etc., cognitive behavioral therapists, these type of people, hypnosis are really, really great to rewire that neural pathway. But also we can't forget the role of chiropractic care and how getting adjusted can actually help your nervous system and that neural pathway and getting you out of that fight and flight system as well. And the very last one is exercise. I cannot stress this one enough, but it has to be exercise that is appropriate. So for example, if you are incredibly stressed, it is not appropriate to be training for a marathon. And the reason why is because you're in that fight or flight system. So if you start training for a marathon, running and that intense exercise is actually going to activate that flight, fight or flight bet more. So something like a 30-minute brisk walk might be more appropriate. But in terms of your exercise, we need to make sure that you're doing things that are at least going to make you your heart rate rise a little bit and also allow you to sweat as well. That's going to increase the happy hormone in your brain, serotonin, um, to help you actually with things like you know depression and anxiety. Now, our studies have shown that <clears throat> going for a half hour of exercise a day is actually equivalent to an antidepressant pill. So that is pretty, pretty important. All right. So that is it. That is the top five. So again, they are awareness and benching that bully, gratitude, scheduled breaks, rewiring the neural pathway and exercise. I hope this has been helpful. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, pop them in the comments. I'll be happy to answer them and have a beautiful day. This is Jacinta from The Inspired Optimist. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.